It's Wednesday, July 14th, 2021, and La Plaza Mall in McAllen, Texas, is busy. People stream like water through the white corridors, brushing past each other to get to their preferred store. Large families, some of them with babies, wailing for a toy or a snack, or maybe because they're just done with this place and want to go home, hustle through the hallways, while teenagers with brightly dyed hair in edgy cuts stroll in and out of stores. The Starbucks line in the mall is always long, with people, some masked and some not, lining up loosely against the cafe. They don't seem to want to obstruct the flow of mall traffic. The scent of pretzels or churros or perfume or cologne or even hairspray meet and mix and then part ways like the people do. Employees at kiosks reach out with their testers, imploring people to give their products a chance. It's like the before times in this mall in Hidalgo County in the Rio Grande Valley along Texas's southern border. But it's not the before times. Two miles west of the mall, an ambulance approaches a hospital as the number of COVID patients begins to rise again. On Monday, July 12th, the top elected official in Hidalgo County, the county judge, announced a 38% increase in the number of people in the hospital with COVID over the week before and a 50% increase in the number of COVID patients needing to go into the intensive care unit. That's a sharp jump, even though the numbers are quite low compared to a year ago at this time. And these increases are playing themselves out across Texas and across the country as the Delta variant takes hold and begins to push out older, less contagious strains of the COVID virus. And they are frustrating to healthcare workers who've been fighting to save people from this vicious virus for nearly a year and a half now especially since there are several safe and effective vaccines out there that if enough people would get them, could break COVID's chain of transmission. They could break the back of this pandemic. We met one of those healthcare workers who was trying to keep Hidalgo County's healthcare system afloat last July as a deadly wave of COVID cases crashed over the Rio Grande Valley. He lost friends. He lost loved ones. He lost countless patients. He survived COVID himself. And he's still fighting this disease on behalf of his patients. Let's check in with him. This is Petri Dish from Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petrie. And this week, a conversation with Dr. Yvonne Melendez. When we first met Dr. Melendez last July, the Rio Grande Valley was experiencing a COVID emergency. Hey, so uh, uh, 326, uh, uh, what, what's going on? Well, 326 is not doing so well. 326 was a COVID patient in room 326. You know, I, I, 
I spent an hour with the family last night, and they said that uh, he was going to be DNR. I mean, we had him for DNR. Days Do not resuscitate so if a patient DNR, stops breathing the or their heart is stops he, beating. Is he, is he still with us? Or yes, he's still here. He's peaceful. Family did agree to say, okay, we're going to be DNR, but I think they at one point in time wanted to rescind that DNR. Okay. Um, Melendez is the health authority for Hidalgo County. In Texas, the health authority is a physician who is appointed to be the public health expert for a particular county. Melendez is also an ICU doctor who works in several hospitals throughout the county. I caught up with him this week at Doctor's Hospital at Renaissance in McAllen. Oh, just getting a little lunch here, ma'am. He fit me in between patients and his other responsibilities to talk about this recent increase in cases in Hidalgo County. So I dove right in. What's happening? It's really interesting because, as you know, last year at this time, when I first met you, we had about 1,200 people in the uh, Hidalgo County hospitals. So last year, we were at 100% capacity. As you remember, people were being coded on ambulances. You had to wait you know, six weeks to be buried. We had to bring in freezers for folks. Our mortality rate was 5 to 6%. We were in dire, dire, dire problems. Last week... We're down to 45, 46 people in the hospital. The last month, sometimes someone doesn't die. Uh, Sometimes a a day or two goes by without dying. Last year, we were having 50 to 75 people die. This year, we have one to two every day, and sometimes we don't have anybody die. Our numbers went from 1,200 to the 40s. Unfortunately, 10, 11 days after July 4th, in the middle of the summer season, where people are traveling, going to camps, and going out of, out of state, out of city, out of country, our census has doubled in the last week. Now, is it a bump in the road uh, based on the 4th of July? Probably, but uh, certainly can be discounted. We have to pay very close attention. So we are better, much better than we were a year ago, but um, not as good as we were a couple of weeks ago. So we're trending the last week in the wrong direction. Trending in the wrong direction could describe a lot of places in the United States right now. Missouri, for example, is experiencing a surge the likes of which we haven't seen since winter. According to the New York Times coronavirus tracker, the number of new cases recorded on July 15th was nearly 80% higher than it was two weeks ago. It was up more than 150% from a month ago. And according to the CDC, The Delta variant accounts for more than 73% of new cases in Missouri. In Hidalgo County, there has been only one confirmed case of the Delta variant as of July 15th. Dr. Melendez says you could attribute the increase in cases on his turf to increased interaction between people in places like La Plaza or people taking off their masks or people gathering and traveling, and those things are all likely a part of it. But he stresses that just because they've only found one case of Delta in Hidalgo County doesn't mean there is only one case of Delta in Hidalgo County. So if you say 30 to 40 percent of the cases in the United States are the Delta variant, and if you say almost the vast majority in Western Europe and in India, of course, We have the Delta variant south of San Antonio, which has not been reported. I'm sure we do. So the increase of these hospitalizations, I am sure, not only is because of travel, 
Not only is it because people are coming close together during these uh, uh, summer events, but uh, not only because of the 4th of July, but also because of the variants. I just can't prove it because I don't have those numbers. And Dr. Melendez says the COVID patient population has changed a lot since last year. When this problem started a year and a half ago, the people we were seeing in the hospitals were the most frail of the frail. Those people that were so sick that their life expectancy to begin with was quite low. We were seeing very old people, very obese people, very out of control diabetic people, very fragile people. Those people have died. They're gone. Of course, there's always a next generation of these sick people, which we have and are getting sick. But more than that, what we're seeing is younger people, healthier people. What they have in common is that they haven't been vaccinated. They haven't been vaccinated. You know, that's true also in Missouri, where only 40% of the population is fully vaccinated, according to the New York Times vaccine tracker. And it's true in Hidalgo County, Texas, where more than 50% of residents are fully vaccinated, according to the Texas Department of State Health Services. The unvaccinated are vulnerable no matter where they are. And the Delta variant, according to research out of the UK, spreads 225% faster than the original strain of the virus. Then there's the Lambda variant currently ravaging Peru. I've said this before, and I'll probably say it many more times before this pandemic is over. The COVID virus will keep mutating as long as it finds new people to infect. For all practical purposes, whether it's a Delta, a Lambda, the the regular strain, treatment is the same. Vaccination is the same. We have a little bit less efficacy in vaccination. It still works. So the idea that there's a variant is the important concept. Uh, Which variant, whether it's Delta or Lambda, I think is is purely uh, fanfare. Uh, Today, it's the Delta. I'm sure in two weeks, it'll be the Lambda, which is really decimating people in South America. What does matter, though, twofold. One, if if there are variants, which I'm sure there are, then it just reminds people that the longer that uh, folks that refuse to get vaccinated allow for this virus to uh, replicate, you know, the Lambda will will mutate, the, the Delta will mutate. So the idea is that as you're seeing variants coming along, that 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 is exponentially allowing us to be extremely concerned about a mutation that will be even more difficult. So back to the new COVID patients Dr. Melendez is seeing in his ICUs. Younger, healthier, stronger, more likely to survive. Survive, yes, But we know this disease is not always easy on survivors. So, interestingly, people that die from non-COVID disease, which have had COVID, autopsies are done on these folks. And uh, guess what? Even months, six months, nine months after their active infection, on a microscopic level, their cells, their liver cells or lung cells, still demonstrate a significant amount of inflammatory changes. So we know that that inflammatory process that this virus provokes in our host, in our cells, the host cells are long enduring. Yeah, uh, regardless if you're 10 years old or if you're 90 years old, you cannot take this infection lightly, uh, even if you are uh, relatively asymptomatic. We just don't know yet what's going to occur 10, 15, 20 years down the road. 
Melendez is proud of the work they've done in Hidalgo County to get more than 50% of the population fully vaccinated. But that leaves more than 40% only partially vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. And Melendez admits there are people who are going to continue to resist the vaccines. But he's not willing to give up on them. And he plans to continue engaging with them. I want people to understand that our jobs as physicians and especially in public health is to give the public the information, the data, the facts, and that they can they can process it. And most people, regardless of their educational level, are able to put two and two together. And so in December 26, we started distributing vaccines. And now, seven to eight months later, that has been the only change. There has not been any change. In fact, if there is a change, it's been worse with our behavior. There has not been any change in the general health of our population. There has not been any change in our ability to treat it. The only thing that has changed has been vaccinations. So let's look at the numbers back then, and let's look at the numbers now. There is no argument. There's, you go from 70 people dying a day to one or two, and sometimes none. You go from 1,200 people in the hospital to 46. There's only been one change. It's just simple math. It's, it's, it's void of opinion. The same logic that lets us go to the moon and come back, that goes to the deepest oceans, that saves people's lives, it's the same mental exercise that leaves no doubt. If you only have one variant, which is a vaccine, and the outcomes are dramatically better, it's the reason. It's the reason. The vaccine is the reason the numbers have improved so dramatically. So as Dr. Melendez watches the COVID numbers start to, again, trend in the wrong direction, as he says, is he worried? Yes, he's worried. Look at Peru. In Peru, 15% of the people who get the disease are dying. One five, 15%. 15% who turn positive, not 15%. There is no health care anymore. You cannot go into the hospital. There is no going to the hospital anymore. And so... That's the, uh, the now-known Lambda variant, which tends to penetrate and infect much more dramatically. So when you see what happened in India because of their, their inefficient vaccination program, um, absolutely. I don't want to say that it's, it's uh, frightening because frightening to me always gives the impression that you've given up and there's no hope and, and you're running around, you know, just flying your arms. But it's certainly of deep concern. And, and and I'm very concerned. Of course I am. I've talked to Dr. Melendez several times over the last year. Last July, he described himself as already, quote, emotionally saturated by all of this. But when he gets too vulnerable, he pulls himself back. He comforts himself with science. And there's science around where his head and his heart have been over the last year. We know, of course, from other diseases and from this disease, the tremendous psychological long-lacting effect of fear, depression, anxiety, um, grievance that we've all suffered from losing parents, family members, colleagues, uh, and those of us that are in the field of delivering a healthcare system to people that we love. There's definitely an emotional scar. 
So I asked him how he's holding up, not as a doctor, but as a human being. The only way that um, we have been able, I think, to emotionally survive, remember, we're still working every day, every single day, you know, 12 to 18 hours, every single day. And so the only way that, at least I can only speak for myself, that I can survive is that I try to discipline my mind and focus on my blessings uh, and and not focus on the pain. Uh, And so when I start thinking about those folks that, that, uh, that, that left us and all those those horrible experiences in the in the mortuaries and, and, and funerals, et cetera. I just try to redirect it. How blessed I am that I'm alive and working. Uh, how blessed we are that anyone here can get a vaccine. Uh, things are opening up. Uh, there are other things that we can be concerned about besides just just a virus. And so um, I, I'm in a better place. Um, I'm less exhausted. And I think like all of us, no matter what we go through, all, all of us that are human, uh, we learn these coping techniques. And I think the most common coping technique, I don't, I don't know what you think, and that is that you redirect your mind to your blessings and try to move away from all the pain and, and go to those, you know, those, those humble places that you can go and say, oh, thank you, God, you know? <laughs> thank you, Dr. Melendez. So the United States is in a far better place in the COVID fight since this whole thing started. COVID deaths are near their lowest levels since last spring. Vaccines are free and readily available for those who want them. But there's the rub. Fewer and fewer people are getting them. More than 160 million Americans are fully vaccinated as of this recording, according to the CDC. But there are 330 million people in the country. That means there are 170 million people out there for the virus to infect, giving it plenty of room to change, to get smarter, to infect more easily, to practice, as it were, ways to outsmart our vaccines. So now we have increases in cases and hospitalizations in places like Hidalgo County, Texas. In San Antonio, where I am, the seven-day average of new cases has nearly doubled in a week, as have hospitalizations. Nationwide, the seven-day average of hospitalizations is up by more than 35%, according to the CDC. And now, July 2021, There are full-fledged COVID outbreaks in Missouri, Arkansas, Florida, and Nevada. Aren't you sick of this? I'm sick of this. We have the vaccines. All we have to do is get them. So let's all get them. Let's give folks like Dr. Melendez a break. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by me, sound design and music by Jacob Rosati. Our executive producer is Fernanda Camarena. Special thanks to Carolina Cuellar for her reporting from McAllen and Mark Mehmet for his continuing contributions to the show. TPR's news director is Dan Katz. Petri Dish is a production of TPR and the Texas Newsroom, a collaboration between public radio stations across Texas and NPR. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.